0: Hi everybody, my name is Mike Manning.
1: And I'm Trinity French.
0: And we are your business coaches at wired to change
1: With the number two.
0: We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner.
1: And every day we question, (laughs) is that life worth it?
0: And it actually goes into day parts sometimes Like the morning yeah, was awesome. and
1: <laughs> Yeah. And then by 10 o'clock, I'm like, what? And then yeah. noon, you're like, yes, this is the best decision ever.
0: <laughs> How was that remodeling job you're doing?
1: Oh gosh. It's a, it's a complete disaster.
0: Is it still?
1: It's still going. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Makes me question my, uh, why I got into real estate. <laughs>
0: They didn't have that on the test, uh, stay away if somebody calls you for this.
1: yes. But, you know, it's definitely a learning experience. I am learning a lot.
0: Well, good. I hope it's profitable at the end of the day, too. Uh,
1: Right now, I am definitely in the hole on this one. Yeah,
0: okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, it feeds into our topic of today.
1: It does. It (laughs) does.
0: Speaking of... We are going to talk about, uh, we're big fans of, uh, the EOS system, entrepreneur operating system. Mm -hmm. And two of the things on the sheet of paper that we ask people to fill out are rocks and issues. Mm -hmm. And sounds like you might have both of these with that project.
1: (laughs) I, I do. Um, it's definitely, uh, been a rock for me this quarter and there's lots of issues going along with it. So, The reason that Mike and I absolutely love um, EOS is because we like systems for our clients, things Mm -hmm. that they can easily follow. Um, And one of the first questions that we get asked from our clients is, how do they know if they need a system? And usually they come to us because they're having a problem with employee engagement, or they need to scale and they're not quite sure what that next step looks like, or their sales and marketing pipeline has dried up, or their sales and marketing pipeline is bursting at the seams and they don't know what to do next, or client service is starting to fall off because they have too many clients. So There's a lot of different reasons that you might need a system like this to put into place. Um, And it all starts with making sure that you have really good goal setting. So we do the goal setting first. And once we complete goal setting with a client, we break it down by their 10-year vision. And for most business owners, I would say for most of our clients, that's one of the harder things for them to do is to really tap into what does it realistically look like at that 10-year picture, and then we break that down to their three-year picture, um, which is a little bit more digestible when you're thinking about it, and then from their three-year picture, we help them formulate their one-year goals and your one-year goals can seem very daunting when you're looking at 365 days, but if you break it down into small, manageable pieces, it's a whole lot easier. I often think of the analogy that is given a lot, you know, the story about the pebbles in the jar, you know what I'm talking about?
0: I was just watching a video on that. Yeah, it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, you want to share with our listeners?
0: Yeah, you know, the video here was there was a jar full of pebbles and when you stack the big rocks on top of it, it doesn't all fit
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the pebbles are more the day-to-day responsibilities and the rocks are the, the tasks and the dreams and the goals. So if you take all the pebbles out and then put the big rocks in there and then fill it back up with the pebbles, the pebbles find their place within the day around the rocks.
1: Exactly. And then sometimes you even have room for some sand in there.
0: Yes, you do. And an umbrella and a drink with an umbrella. Yes.
1: (laughs) And I love that analogy because it's, it can be applied to your life. It can be applied Mm. to your business and making sure that you are able to put the top priorities first means that you're not getting stuck on the small stuff. Yes. And that is what is the death knell for so many small business owners is they get waylaid by the little things that pop up day to day, putting out the little fires, um, dealing with a client complaint, managing your staff. I mean, all these things, um, all of the millions of ways that clients contact us, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, we have so much coming at us every day that it's very easy to get distracted by what those large rocks should be what they are and then keeping you know an eye on the ball and making sure that you're completing those
0: and this kind of goes hand in hand with what we've talked about before that the the quadrant system you love of urgent and important and breaks it down that way of what What can wait till tomorrow? And there are some things that actually can wait till tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So what what we take our clients through is a process where we help them to take that one-year goal and break it down by quarter so they can see a clear outline of what's that going to look like for them? What do they need to achieve this quarter to be on track to hit their goals? And it might be cleaning up a past mess. It might be um, getting some marketing in order. I mean, it could be any number of things, but a rock is something that is going to take you around 90 days to complete. And that is much more manageable than thinking about okay, I want to, you know, double my production. And you're looking at the full year and you're like, holy shit, how am I ever going to get all of this done? But if you can break it down to the quarter and say, okay, what can I do in the next 90 days? That's so much easier to comprehend and to actually put an action plan behind.
0: And that way you see some progress because there's there's nothing worse than no momentum mm-hmm. and no energy and you're like, I, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. So it's funny when you ask small business owners, well, how much you want to make this year? They immediately, it's they go to either 100,000 or 250,000. Why people go there, I don't know. But if you said, okay, by November or say by December 1 of 2021, I want to have made 100,000, and by math standards, that's 10,000 uh, or, excuse me, nine, what, 9,000 a month, give or mm-hmm. take, uh, 8, 000, you know, anyways, and let's say the first month, you only make 4,000 and you're like, oh, I'm already behind. But if you look back at your plan for the month and your weekly breakdown, you find out you're $28 ahead of schedule. So that gives you some momentum, gives you a little wind behind your sales it's kind of like cutting the grass. If you have a big backyard and you just zigzag all around, you don't see anything being done. But if you go lines or squares, you start to see some progress. You're like, Hey, look, I'm almost done. Mm -hmm. And you kind of start feeling better. Like, okay, I'll be done. Get inside, pop the top on that cold beer, sit down in the chair and I can watch football now.
1: Watch those lions <laughs> lose every single freaking game.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, coming up, it's uh this will be out actually before Thanksgiving. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this this one will be out next Tuesday. So cheer for Trinity's lions on Thanksgiving. Day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do love that I get to watch them every Thanksgiving. I yep. do hate that you know um, we have one of the worst records um, in the history of, of mm-hmm. the NFL. And this year, Scott's team, my husband's team's not doing any better. Um, he's a huge Atlanta fan. Ooh. So um, we're just we're just kind of up, yeah. up a creek without a paddle for our teams that we're rooting for.
0: Because I know growing up, it was always Detroit and Dallas hosting home games on Thanksgiving. There's only two games. Now it's four. But Dallas and Detroit always play on Thanksgiving, and my guess is they always will.
1: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So... These rocks need to be something that you can achieve reasonably within 90 days. And just like with any goal setting, the more that you have it posted, written down, and reviewed, the more likely you are to actually follow through on your plan. And that's why when we meet with our coaching clients, we review their rocks, you know, weekly, if not every other week, just to make sure that we're on track for there. Because if you wait until the last week of the quarter, (laughs) you're going to be scrambling and you're going to be really pissed off at yourself for procrastinating. And we know, um, based on our last mastermind group, that most small business owners (laughs) suffer with some form of procrastination. So the more that we can help them avoid that, the better. Yes, they do. So how does a client use these rocks to really find clarity in their business?
0: We love when people put things on paper. We've had this discussion with people. We've talked publicly about it. We're our worst accountability partners. If it's in our head, and I'm going to i got to remind myself by Tuesday to finish that, before you know it, it's December 15th, right? and you've not done that. So to put that on paper, and the rocks are their priorities. They're things you want to get done, and it's going to allow you to connect the dots to grow. So be able to put that down on paper, like I said, under 90 days, and I think people get or they lose focus on putting that timetable on it. And 90 days goes by fast.
1: Oh yeah. It it's zooms by.
0: Yeah. And it's way better than, okay, by this time next year. Well, that's just it's like losing weight. We've talked about this too. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to lose you know, fifty pounds. Well, you got to lose the first five. Yeah. To get to fifty, you just can't say, Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch this and I'm gonna do that. And I'll get to the gym when I can and I'll calorie count, except on Friday night and Saturday night. <laughs> But but the rocks are, like I said, their priorities, they're opportunities, they're the wish list to grow, to scale, to hire, anything like that. And, and it also, it's a way to hold people accountable.
1: Exactly. And when you're assigning these rocks with your team, and a lot of the businesses that we work with are in that phase where they're bringing on team members, or they're mm-hmm. expanding, or... They're figuring out, you know, who's going to be the next leader that's helping to replace them. And one of the hardest damn things in business is replacing yourself. And part of it is because we feel like we're the best ones that can do everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. We've convinced ourselves <laughs> of that. Haven't yeah. we? Yes.
1: And you don't ever trust that anyone's going to be able to do it as good, nope. but then i look at okay but if somebody's actually doing it versus just thinking about it and that's one of the other beauties of the eos system as they talk about visionaries and integrators which we'll talk about on another podcast but having that person that helps you to stick to your plan and actually follow through on the ideas that you have because a lot of times We'll have people come to us and they have an amazing idea. They just aren't quite sure how to put it into play. And breaking it down and really thinking through, okay, what do I need to do this quarter? What am I gonna do Q2? What's it gonna look like Q3? And then wrapping it up and making it all neat and pretty in Q4.
0: Well, in one of the best examples for us lately is working one of, with one of our clients wanting to grow but there was no more runway for her she was doing she was maxed out on running her business and couldn't take on any more work so the only way for her to grow was to hire someone Mm -hmm. and a rock doesn't necessarily mean a literal money a a it's not, what am I trying to say here? It's not a literal money maker or a sales program. It can be a system. Mm-hmm. But to grow, she needed to hire somebody, which will then turn into money. Right. But that was the rock for her. And we talked with her at length on how to do this and when to do this. And all of a sudden, she's got her first employee, and you can just see it in her face. You can hear it in her voice like, okay, I just felt like I moved forward three and a half steps.
1: Yeah. What amazing feeling. Yes. I just love that we get to work with people and be there for their aha moments. Yes. It is. It's by far one of the most um, just warm, feel good, gives you the fuzzies and Trust me, there are days when we're coaching people that I'm like, "Come on, you freaking <laughs> idiot! I want to <laughs> smack
0: you." It's right in front of you, and we just told you that, yeah. But
1: ninety percent yeah. of the time, it's pretty awesome.
0: That's the aha uh, is the payoff. Yes, I agree with you. But when you have to break that down. You literally had to question, the, ask the question: Okay, what do you have to do to grow, or to get more clients? What do you have to do? And some people would think, well, I has got to knock on more doors. It's like, no, you don't have any more room to do that. There's no more time for you. Oh, I guess I better hire somebody. You're like, ding, ding, ding. And that just changed everything. You get that, one, that first employee comfortable with them. Uh, it came from a referral, so that helps. And you get them trained, and now you think like, well, I feel like I'm five people now. Mm-hmm. I got one, but I feel like I'm five because, wow, now we're really, now I can take phone calls. And now I can talk to potential clients, whereas before this wasn't even a thought. And that's frustrating if you want to grow is to not be able to take those calls and not even be able to talk about bringing them on.
1: Yeah, the worst thing to feel is that you are too busy or too disorganized to bring on more clients or sell more products. I mean, there's no worse feeling than not being able to leverage and grow.
0: And every small business owner has a different idea of what they want to do. Is it all the hours in a week? Is it, I just want to work 15. I want to get it to where I work 15 hours a week. Here's the amount of money. I want to make, I want to make work 15 hours to get that. What do I have to do? And that's when you start breaking things down.
1: Yep. So these, so rocks is just simply the terminology we use to, to describe a specific type of concrete attainable goal. And, The same way that we work with our clients to put together an annual plan and we take it through the smart system, you do that same thing with your rocks. You make sure that these quarterly goals are specific, that they're measurable, that they're attainable, that they're realistic, and they're timely. And the benefit to your business of breaking it down into chunks is that you're so much more likely to identify a threat or a problem earlier than if you procrastinated or didn't have a subset plan in place. Because yeah,
0: you wouldn't, you wouldn't be looking out for it or you, you may not even seen it coming.
1: Yeah, and I think we undervalue the power of uncovering those you know potential landmines early enough because if you hit that, you know, mid-year, it can blow up your whole your whole year. Yes. But if you're able to uncover something that's going to, you know, that could slow you down or that you need to fix early enough in your goal setting process, then man, you're just going to have so many more things that you can achieve and a whole lot less stress.
0: Yeah, and it's the analogy you're on a cruise. You and Scott are on a cruise ship. It's post-COVID. You're oh, finally getting someday. away. Okay. So you fly out of Miami, headed to Cancun for five luxurious days. And the uh, captain of the cruise ship leaves. They get out of port, not a problem. And after four hours, they find they're off course. All right. It's a little easier to correct that then if they didn't find that out till 24 hours and they're off course, now you got a whole lot more energy Mm -hmm. and a whole whole lot more time it takes to get back on course. So it's those type of things. And that's why you measure everything is to make sure, uh, are we on track and is that really working? Cause you may decide, Hey, we've got this product for dentists and that's all you do is knock on dentist door, but it's just not working well, why is that? Is it you? Is it the product? Is it whatever it is? But unless you track all that, well, I don't know. I didn't have much luck today. who you, you know, how many doors you knock on? I don't know. It's a bunch. I don't, but I don't know why it's everything, you know, so you need to put everything down on paper. You need to put numbers to everything and track that. And then you'll understand, Hey, we're still on course or okay. This isn't working rough, rough waters ahead.
1: And, man, I can't wait until this COVID shit is over and I can go on a vacation again.
0: Okay, so here's what we're going to do when you and Scott do go on that post-COVID cruise. We're going to find a way to tape a podcast with you on the ship and me wherever else.
1: Hell, yeah, that would be super fun.
0: See if we can pull that off.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll get our friend uh, Christy to uh Farrell to uh book that for you yep yep get you all the amenities get you that room with the big window oh, and yeah. prior, priority seating and
1: the, yeah
0: and the bar tab that first hundred dollars are free you know and <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't be the old people cruise like the last one you and scott took
1: oh speaking of which let's uh give a shout out to my father-in-law because he has been listening to all of our podcasts
0: Hi All Bob. right.
1: Yeah. And he was the one that recommended the old person cruise to us, even though we would go back again on the old pe- people cruise, but only if they went with us because we need people to hang out with.
0: Well, you need a translator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody lined up for dinner at 345? <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. That was the very first thing we did on the cruise ship. The first night our dinner was at like 615 or something. And Scott yeah. and I were like, who eats at six fifteen? So we went and got it switched to eight yeah. thirty, which was much more in alignment with when we are normally done for the day and eating.
0: And to answer your question, people like me eat at six <laughs> fifteen. <6:15. laughs> <laughs> have to stay awake till eight thirty, to eat, So, <laughs> but yeah. So when yeah when you go on a, when you guys go on the cruise, we'll do an a, an episode from the sh- with you from the ship. That would Sweet. be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can figure that out. So, the rocks, the rocks are fun to break down because then you can, they're much more attainable that way. And then you kind of feel like, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, that big old rock was there and we didn't know if we could do that. And we did it in 72 days.
1: Well... And you have to be careful when you're setting your rocks because depending on the size of your organization, ideally everyone on your leadership team has one to two that they're responsible for. So if you don't have a super large team, you don't want to be setting 15 rocks because there's no possible way you're going to be able to, to have the bandwidth to take care of all of those
0: and even if you're a small business, let's say you have two people with you, you can give, everybody can have a rock. It, it probably would be within their wheelhouse and their area of expertise, but you can, getting towards your uh, annual goal, everybody in the company can have a rock for them to deal with, but it has to be fair and attainable to them
1: and it needs to be something that drives forward the vision and ties into the the overall goal for the company.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's a great way to help people feel included. It's oh, big an time. awesome way to check in for accountability. And it is not something that you just write down and then don't look at again until the day before <laughs> the quarter ends.
0: Yes. By day, day 91, day 84. So Mike, you about done with that? Well, done with what? <laughs> <If> <laughs> you, you gave can't, it to me. If yeah. you
1: can't remember your quarterly goal, you're screwed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was uh, the advice when I was running the bowling center, uh, Larry, uh, who was the regional guy, would always preach to everybody, inspect what you expect. Mm-hmm. And it is true.
1: So once you have your your rock, your quarterly goal identified, then it's time to ask yourself some really hard questions. And one of those is what resources will you need to, to pull this off? Because it might be something that's outside of, of what you're actually going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and are there any skills or capabilities that I need to develop in order to achieve this rock? It might be something that you personally have to improve upon on your personal growth and development. Um, and analyzing, are there any other options or ways to get to the same result? You know, do a little bit of a needs analysis and try to poke holes in your rock to see if maybe there's a easier better cheaper way to achieve that and it's not always your your first plan Mike's always saying write your plan in pencil and and that's because it can absolutely change based on new information
0: yeah yeah and the one of the stumbling blocks on the rocks is, there are side conversations that get people distracted. Hey, Mm -hmm. you three come over here. Let's, you know, no, no, no. Stay at the main table, talk it through. So everybody's aware of it. Somebody else may have an answer, but sometimes you get distracted on the things that keep you from moving forward, which the real goal is paving the parking lot. Let's not have a sidebar on. So, you know, if we put this, uh, landscaping. Um, exactly. It's like, no, 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 no. no. The goal is to pave the parking lot because we need, by code, we need 82 parking spots, but we know that when we have 100, it drives this revenue or, you know, but you know why, so don't talk on the side like, yeah, if we took, you know, 12 of those, we could do this, this, and this. It's like, no, that wasn't part of the plan.
1: Yeah, and going deep rather than wide, when you're setting these and asking those probing, open-ended questions. Um, I like the visual of thinking of each rock as a, you know, an iceberg. You only see the very tip of yep. the iceberg and where you need to be functioning is in the bulk of the iceberg that's under the water.
0: Yes, because that's what does the damage. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah, so that brings us to our next Um, piece of the puzzle that helps you with achieving these rocks or breaking down these rocks or getting your goals done, which is what we call the issues list. And (laughs) that's another EOS term. It can sound a little daunting, but it actually makes things so much easier.
0: And it just sounds negative. Oh, I got issues with that. And that just may mean a challenge instead of a problem or an opportunity than a problem. Because any anytime you hear issues, oh, I got issues. Like, oh, great.
1: Yeah, it's not my favorite word that they mm-hmm. used. Um, but I think they were trying to get away from, like, to-do list. or Yes. But your issues list is the supporting action items, to-dos. Problems, um, potential hurdles, all of the things that either are going to help you achieve your goal or hinder you from getting to your goal. It can be, yeah. it can, it can be a problem that you're going to have. It can be an obstacle you're going to have. It might be, um, like in the case of some of our clients, a broken system or a missing system, and it might be that you know, you're having issues with some losing clients or client retention or whatever it is. Those are all things that go on the issues list.
0: If, for example, in your real estate world, if you are, let's say by, you're getting house ready for December 1 to put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And the team, everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, One of the issues could be, somebody's financial situation changes Mm -hmm. or they change their mind. I doubt weather related. You could have an issue at the house, right? All of a sudden the water heater blows up Yep. or uh, we had a friend of ours whose house was hit by lightning and just burned everything electrical in the house. And so you have to replace that. So those are our negative issues, but uh, what would be some of the positive issues or opportunities that would change this far out before you put something on the market?
1: Um, yeah, you could be getting a whole lot of interest in the property before it goes live. Ooh. You could be, um, that's what's happening with one of my listings right now. I've, I've been fielding a ton of calls about people wanting to know when it's gonna be ready, um, which is a great issue to have. So mm. issues are not always negative. They can be positive,
0: Yeah, an issue could be, man, all of a sudden we got four clients this week.
1: And how do we manage them all?
0: Exactly. But because you did something right or, you know, whatever made that happen, that could be an issue. It's like, okay, how are we going to service these new customers now? And that changes stuff, but that's, like said, that's not necessarily a bad thing to have.
1: Yeah. So when would you recommend that somebody put their issues list together?
0: Um, I guess right after, right after you decide what the rock is. And for example, let's go back to the pave in the parking lot. Okay, it's November. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Michigan. Uh, is this the right time to do that? Or yes, we can do that. We need all we need is three days. Um, and just what's gonna go along with that, or if it's special paving, what are we gonna need done for that? Do we need to close the building for a day? Where's everybody gonna park? And put all those issues down once you agree upon what the rock is that that has an impact on your annual goals.
1: And I was just thinking that. The issues list is almost a temperature check Mm. of the health of your organization. And it's so your issues list, your to-do list, whatever it is that that you're keeping track of the things that are happening in your business, if you have things on there that are consistently, you know, I call it the revolving door of problems, something that keeps coming up again and again and again. Those are things that either need to be solved or just taken off the list completely because they're sucking your time and energy. And a lot of times why they're not solved is because either someone doesn't have the resources or the capacity to be able to solve it, they're procrastinating on doing it, or they are giving the blame to somebody else. And I think that's the beauty of... Of working on a list like this is that it, everybody is assigned, you know, to dos around these issues, and then there's accountability tied to it.
0: And that's why the buy-in is so important. And the other day at our uh, BNI power the B2B power team meeting and BNI Business Networking International, we're talking about somebody had mentioned that how do you deal with change? And we're kind of going around the room, we're going around the screen kind of talking and our, one of our favorite listeners, Scott Sands with Dynamic Print Solutions said, let me tell you from experience, do not walk in and say, hey, these are the new, uh, this is a new system here, read through this, good luck with Mm -hmm. it. He said, you might wanna walk in beforehand and say, hey guys, folks, what do you think about this? (laughs) And get buy-in. And then back to your point, then everybody's got their thumbprint on something they're supposed to do towards that big goal, which turns into the rock, which turns into progress and success.
1: Amen. Yeah, Yeah. buy-in is ultimately what can grow a great company or just let you bomb. If your employees are not all rowing in the same direction and they haven't bought into your vision or to, um, if they don't believe that the rocks or the goals that you have are achievable, then you've got the wrong people in, in the seats.
0: Yes. And that's why that big table discussion is so important on these. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you hired these people. So why are you not going to pick their brain and use them as the resource that they are to set that goal, to reach that next goal? It's like you with Jamie and your whole team. It's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go show the house. It's like, no, no, you hired me to go show the house. I got it. And you do, because otherwise you couldn't be anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Problems that can arise during working through your issues list um, is that if you're not in a place where you're having open and honest conversations with your team, then this is going to become a battleground for you. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the key components of a healthy organization is the ability to have those open conversations. Talk with your employees, your employees feeling comfortable coming to you um, with their recommendations or with their, you know, with their problems. And it's not always, you know, them passing the monkey back up. They might see a problem that they can't necessarily fix but if they're afraid to tell you that, then there's something inherently wrong in your organization. Yes. And yep. that's going to keep things buried. It's going to cause discontent among your your staff. And ultimately, you know, that comes back to the leadership team to be the ones that lead by example and really show people like, hey, we're open and honest with each other. We're okay with accepting feedback. This is how we, as an organization, stay healthy and solve problems together.
0: And I know some of these companies with COVID have had those discussions with regard to headcount of employees.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I know there's a story the other day in college football of a team that may or may not be close to my heart. all the employees (laughs) agreed to a voluntary pay cut, except for a couple people. (laughs) So it's causing a problem. But if you sit down and have that conversation with folks, um, hey, here's, here's what we're looking at. This is what the numbers tell us. We've got 40 people here. We've got this amount of money. We've got, we can do this goal for one year. Here are options. And with certain members of the team, you can have that conversation. Uh, But you need buy-in from people to do stuff, even if you're getting ready to grow. Hey, we're getting ready to open an office in Charlotte and we need somebody there. Maybe a conversation you want to have with a couple of people that have been looking to grow and say, hey, we'd love to promote within. That's our goal and have that conversation that way. But yeah, there are certain things that it's healthy to have those conversations.
1: If you don't, then there's something broken.
0: Yes, if you can't. Yes. Yeah.
1: And and it's hard. I mean, it's yeah. it's easy for us to just say, "Hey, create an open and welcoming environment for your employees," but it might be something that takes time. There might be things that um you know, trust that's been broken that has to be rebuilt. Um not all team building is hokey. So It might be something where you need some team building or you need um, an outside person to come in. I know there's been times when I've been working within organizations and we've brought in an outside expert to help to just heal um, the organization. And as that's happening, you'll notice the people that are not cooperating. And that's the time when you might need to make some hard decisions and get rid of somebody because if everybody has their oar in the water and they're all rowing in the same direction and excited about it and then you have this one person over here who, you know, is just sitting on the back of the boat taking a joyride and doesn't want to participate or refuses to voice their opinion, then you just got a bad egg and you need to pull the bandaid off and get them out of there.
0: There you go. Yeah. And, and everybody knows that they see that person sitting in the back of the boat.
1: They do nothing.
0: They, yeah. We all know. Well, there, there are very few secrets in a, in an office space.
1: Oh man. We, we went on a, um, uh, pub crawl, trolley pub crawl. <laughs> yes. And there were two people on our trolley pub crawl and our trolley was broken. So a lot of times they have them where you pedal, but you also have, like, a motorized component, so it helps you to move the trolley. Well, ours, the motorized component, was completely broken, so the only movement was coming from pedaling. <laughs> and I don't know how much those frickin' things weigh, oh, but you've got yeah. this giant trolley, you've got coolers of beer, you've got a bunch of adults... And then we had two people who weren't the smallest people sitting in the back, not doing a damn thing. And then all the guys weren't pedaling. And I was pissed. I was ready to start firing people off the trolley. Mm-hmm. Get off the yep. trolley. If you're not going to pedal. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or give Get me off. my cooler. I'm getting yes. off. You know? <laughs> but it matters. It really matters. It's like if they, if go-to meeting called Scott in on Monday and said, hey, congratulations. We're promoting you and transferring you to Philadelphia, you know we have you starting on January 5th. <laughs> Wait, what? Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what
1: would that you say That wouldn't work out duo. Well. What would you say um from your experience working with some of our clients have been the the things that hinder people from making those tough decisions?
0: Uh, afraid to make the decision or afraid it won't work?
1: Mm -hmm. So lack of commitment, definitely, or, um, just a lack of action, just ignoring Mm -hmm. the problem. Yep. A lot of people fear confrontation.
0: Oh, hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's probably right next to public speaking.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Confrontation, not good. Um, and it might just be, you know, people's egos that get in the way of, of working together. Mm.
0: Yep. I agree. It's, uh, and it's hard sometimes to be the person making that decision, but with the right information and the right buy-in, it tends to be easier to do.
1: And occasionally it's just a matter of talking it through with your coach or your mentor Mm -hmm. and getting that outside perspective. Talking with one of our clients um, this week was really powerful because she realized that it's lonely at the top and and sometimes you if you don't have you know an organization or a company or a, you know a second in command then a lot of times it can feel like all the pressure is on you so having and this is leading us right into having a group of people that you can yes. rely on like our mastermind group um can really help alleviate some of that feeling of just yes. being the core person that has to make the decisions mm-hmm. or the not having somebody to bounce your ideas off of.
0: And when you can talk to somebody who's kind of in your world, it helps because they, they'll they give you support or they may give you like, hey, have you thought of this? I yeah. had that same problem a couple of years ago. I'm a little further down the road than you. And I realized if I did it this way, that straightened that out and solved that problem. And that's why we love doing our mastermind groups. Uh, because of that, because we talk, we start on a subject, and then the group takes over. It's peer-to-peer coaching, and it's wonderful. We keep everybody on task and uh, focused on what the issue is, but most of the time it's just everybody pitching in with what they know and what they think.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. We've actually had quite a few people registering from listening to our podcast, which, woohoo! Thank you, people, for listening to yes. the podcast. All of our loyal listeners, we absolutely adore you. And we are excited for our new clients that have joined us on this um, new mastermind exploration. If you are interested or know somebody who is, you can go out to our website, wired dot changecom backslash events, and you will see a listing of all of our upcoming masterminds. We have three mastermind groups coming up that start in November and December, and I'm very excited about the systems and processes. Oh, I'll be facilitating that one. It's kind
0: of written for you, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: but we also have a level two sales and marketing group starting. Which is going to be really great for anyone that um, wants to focus on that leg of their business stool rolling into the new year. And if your number one concern as a small business owner is finding and generating sales and getting those clients, then you definitely want to hop in the mastermind group um, for clients.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep. That'll be a lot of fun identify your right. First of all, you got to identify them. Mm -hmm. Then you got to get them inside. And then you would, then we talk retention and then we talk growing them. How do you upsell them? How do you turn them into a a new service that you have that they didn't need, but now that you'd help them grow now they need it and then turning them into raving fans. So they are your uh, referral team. So you can go on that long cruise to Cancun.
1: Hell Yeah. (laughs)
0: So but yeah, so go check that out on our website at wiredochange.com slash events and go ahead and sign up. They're all five week classes, hundred and fifty dollars, and it's very much value built mastermind groups because you'll get a ton of knowledge. When somebody came through the first one, said you wrote down twenty pages of notes. Yeah. That's just from five classes. So it is there for you, a bunch of value. Um and we know what we're bringing to the table and with the, with folks you'll meet there that you'll get a lot of answers to what you're looking for.
1: And of course, um, if you want to contact us directly, if you have questions about the podcast, you can email us info at wired and we will be delighted to
0: respond to you. And my name is Mike Manning.
1: And I'm Trinity French.
0: And we'll see you next time on our wired to change podcast.